Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, I'm going to discuss the news that Salah could be out for three to four weeks. And I wouldn't usually cover this in a single video, but given that we still got plenty of time before the game week 22 deadline, plus this being quite big news for our FPL teams, I thought it was worth discussing what that means for FPL and also possible replacements as well. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Let's jump into it. So let's start with what was said about Salah yesterday and what that might mean from an FPL perspective. And it was actually his agent that came out and started giving timeframes about this injury, which I'm not sure how much to read into. I'd rather hear it from Klopp and Liverpool directly, but let's just run with it for now. So he said, Mohamed's injury is more serious than first thought and he would be out for 21 to 28 days and not two games. So originally when he picked up an injury for Egypt, it was said that he was going to be out for a couple of games and then he'd be back. Now apparently it's three to four weeks. Uh, his best chance of participating in the current African Cup of Nations is by undergoing intensive rehabilitation in the UK and rejoining the team as soon as he's fit. So apparently the plan is on Wednesday, I believe, he's going to go back to Liverpool, start this injury recovery, and if he's fit by the time that Egypt get, or, or if Egypt get to the semi-finals or the final, then he'll fly back over and play in those games. So I guess in some ways, nothing's really changed from an FPL perspective. Egypt is still in the tournament, right? Just about. I think they got three points and finished second. It's a little bit like Portugal, that I believe, in the Euros. Didn't they get three draws in three games, then go on to win it? Um, but either way, right, they're still in the competition, so Salah would be unavailable uh, anyway. But I do think three to four weeks does change things in terms of whether or not you should hold on to him. So obviously, if you've already got rid of him, it doesn't matter, right? Happy days. Um, but if you're someone like me that kept hold of him, I don't see any reason to keep him through game week 22 if he's going to miss three to four weeks. Now, the good thing is um, the deadline is still obviously 30th of January. It's quite a while away. Liverpool have got Carabao Cup game before then. They've got an FA Cup game before then as well and we should hear from Klopp and his press conference ahead of that game in game week 22 so we're going to hear from him three times and I'm sure every single time he's going to get asked about Salah so hopefully he gives us um you know information about that but if it's three weeks until he's back 
that's the 13th of February. And if it's four weeks, that's the tw uh, 20th of February, right? And when you look at the games that Liverpool have, this is why I think he's now a pretty easy sell. Because if he's out for three weeks and not back until the 13th of February, that means he misses game week 24, Burnley at home. And obviously he's going to miss the couple of games before that as well. Now you could make a case that if Liverpool are going to double in 25, you could still keep hold of him. The problem is, what if it's not three weeks and it's four weeks? That's the 20th of February, which means he would miss Brentford away in game week 25, which is on the 17th of February. Lots of dates being thrown at you, I know. Um, and as we know, or we're going to find out this week, if Liverpool go through to the Carabao Cup final, they're going to double in 25. But if he misses Brentford, then you've only got the Luton game. And then if they double in 25, they'll also blank in game week 26. So potentially, and obviously this is not 100% certain, Salah could only play one more game by game week 26, which is the loot in a home fixture. Is that good enough to hold on to even for Salah? Probably not. On the flip side, of course, if he does end up playing both those games in the double, you probably would want him. But I think because there's a chance he's going to miss one and he's so much money, and obviously Haaland as well apparently is back in training, it just makes it quite difficult to hold on to. I see it a little bit like the, the Haaland situation where I'd rather sell him and then if I really need him back, I can just take a hit and get him in rather than hold on to him just in case he's fine. Because in the meantime, you're missing out on quite a few points. Um, and also, even if, if Egypt get through to the semi-finals and final, and final, then the final's on the 11th of February anyway. So he'd miss Bernie at home. And he might even still, like if they go on to win it, he might miss this game anyway. So if you're stuck, sat there wondering whether or not to sell Salah, I think this makes it quite difficult to hold on to. I guess as we've been saying, all throughout this week or this run up to game week 22 there's no need to make any decisions right now you can wait until early next week to decide and get all the latest information but i thought given that there is quite a long break and this news came out yesterday i thought it was quite interesting we talk about it now so i think unless clock comes out and says no three to four weeks is not correct it's only going to be like a week i think he's a pretty easy sell in game week 22 so let's talk about possible replacements so as it stands, I think that Phil Foden is one of my favorite Salah replacements for a few different reasons. One is his price. He's only 8 million, so that would allow enough funds to get Harlem back in. Whenever that might be, it might be in game week 22, possibly 23, 24. Whenever it is, if he's fit before that double in 25, you're definitely going to want him. And Phil Foden at 8 million would allow that. You've got a good fixture right in front of you, which is Burnley at home in 22. The two after that aren't that bad either. Brentford away, Everton at home. And then you've got that guaranteed double in 25 of Chelsea and Brentford both at home. And then unlike Liverpool, if Man well, sorry, if, if Liverpool double in 25, they blank in 26. But with Man City, they definitely double in 25 and they definitely play in 26. And that fixture is Bournemouth away. So the next five game weeks look pretty decent. Foden's underlying numbers are good too. We know if he plays, he's going to get returns, assists and goals. It's just that constant conversation about Man City players Will they continue to play? Now, a lot of what you think in that regard probably comes down to what you think about Kevin De Bruyne. And if you're like me, a little bit uncertain about when De Bruyne is going to start matches week in, week out, then I think Foden's minutes have to be good. If you think De Bruyne now is fit, he's going to start 22, 23, 24, etc., that has an impact on Foden. It doesn't mean that they can't play together, but it just adds another attacker into the mix. And obviously, De Bruyne is going to get minutes one way or another, right? He's going to come off the bench if he doesn't start. But if you think that 
he is going to be on the bench more often than not. I think that's good for Foden. I think he's going to play central. And obviously, he's played really well recently as well. And that can't do him any harm. Now, I'm not naive enough to think that because he's been playing well, that definitely means he stays in the team because we've been here plenty of times before with Man City players. But I do think everything points to him being a good FPL option right now. And obviously, even if De Bruyne comes in and Foden doesn't play central, he could go and play left or right. But obviously, you've got competition there as well. Um, I think overall, with the fixture they've got in 22, the guaranteed double, doubts around De Bruyne's minutes, for me at least, and we'll come on to him in a minute, um, and allowing enough money to get Haaland, it just makes Foden an all-round good option. Like Even if he missed one game in the next four, you still get four matches out of him. And I just think at the moment, with Son away, Salah obviously unavailable, etc. There's not a huge amount of standout midfielders that are much better than Foden right now. Obviously, Jota is another one we're going to come on to in a minute. But I've already got Saka and Palmer and players like that. I don't think many people are looking to buy Saka right now. So I think it's just fallen into place that Foden looks like a really good option. But at the same time, I could be sat here before the Game Week 23 deadline discussing whether he's even going to start because he's been benched against Burnley. So we need to see... I don't know if the FA Cup tells us a huge amount, but Man City will play again before that game week 22 game. And I guess if De Bruyne isn't starting again, he comes off for 20 minutes and he's talking about how he's not quite ready to start games yet. I think in the short term, you've got a good option with Foden. And then hopefully, if you get to that double and he's still looking good then, you've already got someone ready to go. And I think, just quickly on that double, right? Because I know we get to this stage of the season, we talk lots about doubles and blanks. People get sick of it. You're only choosing players because they've got two fixtures. I get all that, but when we get to 25, even if you don't think it now, you probably will want two to three Man City players. And ideally, you make that decision as late as possible. But we've got this, I wouldn't say perfect, but it's almost like set up right now to make that decision because if Salah's out and Foden's playing, it just seems like quite an easy switch. That might change in seven days, but that's kind of how I feel about it right now. So as you might imagine, Diogo Jota, very popular ahead of game week 22 after his 19-pointer against Bournemouth at the weekend. And I was a little bit unsure about him as an FPL pick. And I don't think I've changed my mind that much, to be honest. I'm still not convinced that I will buy him. But I've got a little bit more interest now. And of course, I'm human. That 19-pointer has made me take notice. But I think the key thing is, have I got his minutes predictions wrong while Salah is at African Cup of Nations? Because before, I was thinking that Nunez, Diaz and Jota would be fighting for the left wing and the central number nine position and someone like Harvey Elliott could play on the right and if that happens you've got three players for two spots there's going to be minutes concerns there even with Salah out and you've also got Gakpo to throw in the mix as well and it doesn't mean that I think Gakpo is going to start lots of games but obviously he's going to come off the bench and he has to come on for someone but the thing that I like from Bournemouth outside of the mega haul that he got was that Diaz played on the right. So all three of those players started, but it was Diaz that was kind of put into a position that he doesn't usually play. And Jota played central for the second game in a row. But not only that, Diaz came off quite early. I think it was around the 60th minute. And I don't really think that was so he was saved for the next game. I think it's because Jota and Nunez are probably ahead of him in the pecking order right now. So minutes-wise, I think I got it slightly wrong with Jota. And he's probably going to play more than I expected. And obviously, that means he's got more chance of getting you FPL returns. I think in general, right, my opinion for a lot of Liverpool and Man City players are, if you think they're going to play regularly, they're probably good options. And that is the case with Jota, especially if Salah's going to be out for kind of three to four weeks. Whether or not I will go for him, though, 
I don't think so because if it's a choice between him and Foden, well, Foden's got better fixtures in the short term, right? Let's just say for now that Liverpool go through to the Carabao Cup final. They double in 25, they blank in 26. They've arguably got a better double, but then they don't have a fixture in 26. And by that point, who knows what's happening with Jota's minutes, right? Because if Salah's back, he definitely plays on the right. And of course, Jota might play so well that he's then first choice number nine and Nunez is first choice left wing. But then you've still got Diaz and Gapo, et cetera, to come off the bench. And I'm just not sure the short-term fixtures and the blank in 26 is... Sorry, I'm not sure if Burnley at home in 24 and potentially Jota starting both games in the double is enough to ignore Chelsea at home in 22, Arsenal away in 23, and a blank in 26. So if I'm taking a punt on someone keeping their minutes with a fixture on the Man City have got, I think I would prefer to go Foden over Jota. Like if Jota had Foden's fixtures, the conversation might be a bit different. And I know some people are probably looking at Chelsea at home thinking, well, that's not that bad of a fixture. And fair enough, right? I'm sure Liverpool will score. But I just think in combination with Arsenal away in 23, it's not great. So personally, as much as I've spoken about putting the Foden decision off as late as possible, I actually think I might be better off putting the Liverpool decision off just to see what's happening with injuries, who's getting minutes and stuff like that. I mean, to be fair, again, just to mention it, Liverpool will play twice before the next deadline. So you can see what happens with Jota's minutes. Does he get rested at any point? Is he playing central? Does Diaz keep getting put out on the right? What happens with Klopp's setup? But if it keeps looking like Jota's going to play central, I think he is just a good option. But is he better than Foden? I don't know about that. And I think right now, because he's just got a 19-pointer and Foden's not played for over a week and he blanked, everyone's kind of forgotten about him. But remember the hype for Foden before that Newcastle game? We shouldn't forget about that. So I think right now for me, it's a, if it's a choice between these two, I'm probably going Foden. But let me know in the comments if you think different. All right, let's talk about Kevin De Bruyne. I think there's only really two things to think about if you're deciding whether to bring him into your FPL team. One, how many starts is he going to get over the next few weeks? And two, does he stop you from making any future moves? Because he does cost 10.5 million. And the key player to really think about is Erling Haaland, because apparently he's back in training. Does that mean that he's going to be available to start for City soon? Obviously, we'll have to wait and hear from Pep Guardiola. But if there's any chance that he's going to play against Burnley at home, we'll be back for that double. You are going to want him in your team. We don't need to talk about whether De Bruyne is good at football, whether he's going to get you goals and assists. We know that's going to happen when he's on the pitch. It's just about how often that might be. Now, for me, De Bruyne has said himself that he doesn't see himself starting matches anytime soon. Now, what he means by that, does he mean five or six games away? Does he mean another one or two? We don't really know. But I think there are serious doubts about whether or not he starts against Burnley. He's been out for a long time this season. And obviously, Man City have got important games coming up in the Champions League and stuff like that. I'm sure they're going to want De Bruyne for those games if they have to prioritize that or the league instead, because they can get through most of these Premier League matches without him. And if they really need him, they can bring him off the bench as well. So I am not convinced by his minutes at all right now. I'm open to listening to what Pep Guardiola says in his press conference, how he uses De Bruyne in the FA Cup and stuff like that. But I'm just not sure I'd put too much money on him starting against Burnley at home. Now, the counter argument from a lot of people is it doesn't matter. If he gets 20 or 30 minutes off the bench, that is enough. And I disagree. I know he's done it in the last few games. I know that he is more than good enough to get decent returns in limited minutes. But for 10.5 million, I want more than that. I want him to be starting. 
in game week 22 and 23 and 24, especially if it means having to kind of rejig my team to be able to get Haaland in as well. So as you can tell, I love De Bruyne, right? I think he's brilliant when he plays. I'm not convinced he's an FPL option right now. And to be honest with you, it's not even for my team anyway, right? If I don't have to worry about Salah, Haaland's not actually that difficult to get in, right? So if I do Salah to De Bruyne and then Alvarez back to Haaland... I only have to find 0.7 million to make that work. So I could just do Saliba down to a 4.7 million defender. Don't ask me who. I've not thought about that too much. But it doesn't take that much restructure to bring him in. So it is possible. But even then, I am still not convinced that I need Kevin De Bruyne if he's not going to play. Like I just I keep coming back to it because obviously I said this last week and they come off the bench and got a goal and assist. But I keep thinking... We don't buy players that don't start, right? There's too many good options that do start every game to worry about those that don't. I mean, if you're looking at the fixtures and thinking 30 minutes off the bench against Burnley, then he'll be fit and fine to play Brentford, Everton, the double, uh, both games in the double, then fair enough. Maybe you take that risk. But if you think well, he's probably getting benched against Burnley and against Brentford, and is he going to be able to play Chelsea at home on the 17th of February and then Brentford on the 20th of February. I just, I just, like, is he even going to play both games in the double? I'm just not sure about that. And to be fair, you could throw back another counter argument saying, well, is, is Foden going to play both games in the double? Is Alvarez, is Grealish? Fair enough. I get that. But they're not as much money as De Bruyne and they don't require kind of potentially anyway hits to get him in and stuff like that, especially if you need to get Haaland back in 22 which is not a certainty it is worth saying i don't know i think the only way that i would get de bruyne in is if Klopp comes out and says salah's out for four weeks and pep says that harlan's out for another two to three weeks because at that point i can just do salah to de bruyne and i've still got 6.3 million in the bank which i don't even need for anything right so at that point maybe i would do it but even so i think if jota and foden were starting every game they'd probably be better options, plus some of the other players we're going to discuss in a minute. So I don't know, like I want to put De Bruyne in my team because I know what damage he could do if he plays all those games. But I just, as you can tell, I'm just not not convinced by it. But who knows? In the FA Cup, maybe we'll see him smash it again. I'll just think Burnley at home, I'll take the risk. He's clearly great. I just think for FPL, it's probably not the right time. So I just want to quickly rattle through some of the other players that people might be looking at in terms of Salah replacements. So when I was putting this list together, it kind of reminded me to similar discussions we had about Son replacements in game week 21. There's not really any standout options, at least not right now. The cup games might change that. And so if you want to take a punt, there's probably no better time than right now. Because obviously before when we had the likes of Salah or Son, they were in a lot of people's teams. But the replacement for those players is not that obvious. So if you've got you know, a, a gut feeling about this player or that player, whoever it might be, it's probably not the worst time to go for them. But let's just run through um, some names. So Eze is someone that kind of interests me because of his price. It's $6 million. That allows you to make plenty of other moves um, going forward. He's also got Sheffield United at home in game week 22, which is pretty decent. Brighton away in 23, not bad. Chelsea at home is okay in 24. Then it's Everton away and Burnley at home. So next few fixtures are pretty good. I do worry a little bit about the injuries that he's had this season obviously he played the first seven matches then was out for a while then came back then was out for a while again so maybe that will catch up with him and he won't play the next five to six we just don't know but i think for his price 
his minutes, probably on penalties, set pieces, etc. He's a good option. Um, I don't expect that many people are looking to bring in Saka, given that most people that own him seem to be considering getting rid of him. He's only got one return in the last six matches. But I still think Arsenal's fixtures on paper are okay. But three of the next four are away, right? Forest away in 22, West Ham away in 24, Burnley away in 25, Liverpool home uh, in 23. So the next four fixtures are okay. I don't, I still rate Saka as a pick, but he is 9.1 million. He's not getting the returns right now. I think you could make an argument if you don't own him, you just ignore him and hope that, you know, Arsenal don't do as well in those away fixtures. I'm not even going to, get into a conversation about martinelli because he's another player that so many people have been looking to get rid of recently i don't think that a 14 pointer should change our mind too much but i guess if you wanted a differential from arsenal you could look at him um richarlison is someone that i bought in last week i still think in the very short term he could be a decent option uh, i do worry a little bit about what happens if son returns sooner than we expected because although Richarlison seems to be first choice number nine right now when Son returns he'll probably be on the left Werner comes on at some point Son could move central and Richarlison's minutes could come down he'd also lose the potential penalties that we think he will have with Son unavailable and also I believe the game is tonight if Chelsea go through in the Carabao Cup then this game in 26 will be off anyway so next four fixtures for Spurs are pretty good They've got three home games in the next four, Brentford, Brighton and Wolves. And the other game is Everton away in 23. But I think if if Richarlison's minutes start to come down and he doesn't have penalties and he doesn't have this fixture in 26, it makes it a little bit more kind of difficult to justify him. And look, this is exactly the same as the conversations we had last week. It's not that I think there's zero options to, to buy in midfield. I just think they all come with slight caveats and slight issues, similar with Saka as a... Uh, and now, obviously, with Richarlison. You could, of course, take a punt on a different Man City midfielder. So Bernardo Silva pretty much plays every game. His stats don't tend to be as good as some of the other players, but at least you get the minutes. He's only 6.5 million. Doku is also 6.5. Uh, and obviously, Grealish, if he's fit, is 7.2. But Doku and Grealish are fighting for the same place. At least with Bernardo, you get those guaranteed minutes. So you could look there. Um, Anthony Gordon... Just scored again against Man City. He's now got 14 attacking returns this season. Newcastle got Villa away, Luton at home, Forest away, Bournemouth for home. Next four are pretty good. He's only 6.1 million. That might allow you to make uh, future moves as well. And if you feel really feel like um, killing your FPL season, you could look at Man United midfielders, Rashford and Fernandez. Um, but I just think, again, when you're comparing them to the likes of maybe a Jota or a Foden, most people watching this are just not going to go there, especially with how bad man united have been but i think on paper the next five fixtures aren't that bad and i do think rashford's looked all right recently he also has three returns in the last three but i also understand that most people just don't want to go for them so look another week to the deadline plenty of decision making time plenty of cup fixtures in the carabao cup the fa cup as well before we have to kind of lock anything in but i thought because that salam news was kind of new uh that news was new and it was a longer time frame than we first had. It was worth discussing, right? Especially when there's not a huge amount else to talk about in FPL. So let me know down in the description, uh, sorry, in the comments below, if you are selling Salah this week, who is it going to be for? I think right now, if I had to decide, it'd be Foden. But who knows what I think in seven days' time. If you enjoyed that video, make sure to give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And I'll catch you again soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.